Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Hello, and you are listening to You Beauty. My name is Shazzy Hunt, and this is your weekly Ask an Expert episode where I chat to a professional about their area of expertise. If you ever watched a perfume commercial or looked at a fragrance ad and been totally mystified about what exactly it's trying to tell you about the way the perfume smells, like I'm thinking things like powerful in bloom or evoke your strength. I totally just made those ones up, but you get the gist. To help us better decipher how to really speak perfume, today I'm joined by fragrance expert and author Michael Edwards. Michael has been an innovator, educator, and passionate advocate of the fragrance industry for over 30 years. And his organization, Michael Edwards Fragrances of the World, is renowned for its meticulously maintained database of fragrances and their classification. Michael, it is an absolute pleasure to have you join us on You Beauty to share your fragrance knowledge. Shazzy, a pleasure to join you. I think we have to go from the absolute basic. What's the difference between eau de parfum, eau de toilette, cologne? Let's start right there. It's simply a degree of concentration of the perfume oils in a base, which is alcohol. Eau de colognes, for example, concentration of perfume oils about one and a half to about three, four percent. That's eau de colognes. The name comes from the city of Cologne in Germany. It was then in 1709 that the first fragrance where the oils were dissolved in alcohol came about. Then you have the eau de toilettes. Concentration, anywhere between 5 to 15% concentration. The name toilette comes from French, faire la toilette. In other words, get ready, make the toilette. And so eau de toilettes are quite light. They'll last between three to five hours, and we consider them perfumes for the daytime. And then you get eau de parfum, which usually concentrations from 10 to 20%. It's a stronger one. It lasts longer and is usually reserved for the evening. And finally, you get the little bottles of happiness, les parfums, this extras of perfume, the most concentrated anywhere from 20% to probably about 40% in concentration. But it's eau de parfum and eau de toilette, sort of the key Okay, so from there, there are these families, fragrance families that exist. Traditionally, there are the big four, which are woody, floral, musk, oriental, and then there's a range of cross-subcategories. I would love it if you can explain what these mean. (laughs) I know there's a lot of them as best you can, and maybe a known example of some of these fragrance families. Let me do an analogy with wine. In wine, we have red wines, white wines, sparked in wines like champagne, and fortified wines like cognacs or brandies. We have the same analogy in fragrance. We have florals, smell of flowers, for example. Think of Chloe, a scent of a bouquet of flowers. We have amber notes, sometimes called orientals, but today we call them amber notes. 
classic one would be Shalimar by Guerlain. A new version would be Prada Candy. We have woody notes. Marvelous example of that would be Miss Dior. And then we have the fourth category of fresh fragrances. There you'll find citrus notes, like, for example, Joe Malone's lime, basil, and mandarin would be an example. So those would be the four major groups. Now, yes, I can divide them. I can divide florals into soft florals that have an almost powdery note there, like Chanel Number no. 5. I can take the amber notes and say, okay, we've got a floral amber note like uh, Jean-Paul Gaultier. We have a soft amber note like opium. We have a true amber note like Chalimar and a woody amber note like Coco Mademoiselle. But those are just variations within the amber theme. I can take the woods and say, okay, we've got a woody fragrance, we've got a mossy woody fragrance, and we've got a dry woody, almost leather fragrance. And I can take the fresh ones and say, you've got citrus, and you've got water, and you've got green, and you've got fruity. But don't get too hung up on these. People are intrigued, but at the end of the day, the main importance are people like me helping people who want to know what fragrances might I like. Because if I were to ask people for the names of their favorite three or four perfumes, the perfumes that above all fascinate them that they love to wear, if they give me three or four names, I can almost guarantee that at least two of them will fall into one of the fragrance families. It may be a floral, it may be a woody, it may be an amber note or a fresh note. Why? We don't know. There's many thoughts about it, but no real proof as to why people tend to prefer fragrances instinctively in one of the four groups. Let's get into the notes. This is something people may have heard of. What is a fragrance note? Just an ingredient. For example, in a fragrance, the top notes are the most volatile. You spray it on and it's that feeling of freshness that you get. So that would incorporate citrus notes, for example, bergamot, mandarin. There might be some water notes or some green notes that come through to create the freshness. But they're the most volatile notes, so when you spray them on your skin, they rise and disappear quite quickly. As they evolve, you get the heart notes. These are the theme of the perfume, just as a theme of a piece of music. There's a theme that sticks in your mind. The heart notes have the same role. They're usually florals, for example, sometimes some of the woods there. And they form the musical theme of that perfume. And then to amplify them, you have the bass, or what we call the soul notes. These are the least volatile of all the materials, the essential oils. This would be musks, for example, and amber notes. And their job is both to add a better balance to the whole fragrance, and to hold the heart notes longer. Colleagues and I created, just as COVID struck, an encyclopedia online. It's impartial, it's accurate, it's fun, it's called Wikiparfum, and it's free. I'd encourage anybody to go onto it. It's spelled wiki, W-I-K-I-P-A-R-F-U-M, and there you can put in any fragrance and you'll see its notes and you'll be able to find out which notes you particularly prefer. And you'll be able to figure out new fragrances using some of the notes that you love. Let's say you are an absolute beginner to fragrance. You have no idea what you like. You've never had a favorite perfume before. Where can you start? I think the starting point is to visit Myers or David Jones and smell 
go to the counters and get four different fragrances. I'd suggest, for example, you go to the Joe Malone counter and get lime, basil, and mandarin. That's a fresh scent. I'd suggest you go to the Chloe counter and get a strip of Chloe. That's a floral. I'd suggest that you go to the Jean-Paul Gaultier counter and get a strip of Jean-Paul Gaultier. That's a floral amber fragrance. And then to the Dior counter to get a strip of Miss Dior. That's a woody fragrance. Now, if you want to, if you can, get a spray. One wrist, the second wrist, elbow, and the second elbow. That way you've got four fragrances. Live with them. Once you know what you like, then use my Match My Fragrance to find other florals or other ambers. Life is fun. Don't be too ready to buy until you've kind of delved into it a little bit. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. And if you've smelled a perfume before on a friend, for instance, and then you've gone and tried it and it doesn't smell the same, why is that? Why does it not work the same on all of us? When it comes to perfume, every skin is unequal. Remember that the perfume that you love is the marriage of the perfume and you. And your skin does alter it to a certain extent. It can sour it. It can enhance it. So don't automatically assume that because it smells marvellous on somebody else, it's going to smell the same on you. Why is that, Michael? What is going on in our bodies that makes it change from one person to the next? There are many theories. My sense is it's probably the temperature of your skin or the acidity of your skin. There is no single skin temperature each of us have. There can be minute differences, but that slight difference in temperature can cause the molecules of a perfume to resonate a little differently. That's why I always recommend that when you try a new fragrance, try it and walk around for at least an hour to see how you like it. Every episode of UBD ends with an expert confirming or denying a myth. So here's yours. Expensive perfumes are better quality and the scent will last longer. True or false? It has to be true because logic says that if you spend more money, the chances are you're going to get better quality ingredients and you're probably going to have more of them in the fragrance, so it's going to last longer. Does this mean that cheap fragrances are also rands? No. For example, Yardley Lavender, old, old fragrance, inexpensive. Still today is one of the finest lavender interpretations. Think of CK1. Innovative, still a great fragrance, but not expensive. But on the other hand, if you allow a perfumer more money, just like in the wine business, the probability is it's going to be a finer fragrance and it will last longer. 
Michael, thank you for joining us today to help us better understand the incredible language around the world of perfume. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Is there a right way to talk about your tweens changing weight without body shaming them? This week on Mamma Mia's Help, I Have a Teenager podcast, hosts Ginny and Joe discuss why it's more about what not to say than what you do say. Take a listen. There might be something in just throwing things around that are not looking at weight but are looking at health in general. If she's had a few too many colds, should we be looking at our diet? I don't know. What are you eating? What's happening at lunchtime? You know, you have lunch money on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. I haven't even asked you. What are you having at lunchtime? Have a conversation with her that is more inclusive and does not mention anything about the dress size because that yes. doesn't matter. Or the W word. We don't talk about that. No. You can catch Help, I Have a Teenager anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you want to support women's media, we'd love it if you became a Mamma Mia subscriber. There's a link in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm Shazzy Hunt. Our show producer is Michaela Floriano. And tomorrow on New Beauty, Lee and Erin will be dropping into your ears with the latest episode of Beauty News. Bye.